0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to episode twenty-something of the Stromcast. And today we are joined by a rather unlikely special guest, Alex Hoburn, cross-dressing cross- virtual hey, cross-dressing champion of the circle and longtime editor of the Stromcast. How's it going? Yeah, thank you for coming on. So the Stromcast was basically entirely Alex's doing during lockdown. He said that he would help, and I said Fine, I'll do it, but only if I don't have to make any effort whatsoever. Um, and Alex made that happen for us, so thank you very much for that, Alex. Alex isn't actually a cross-dresser for a job. Alex runs <laughs> um, social media promotion companies. Um, what, what's, what's the what's the term? what's the, the proper term for for that? An agency. Yeah, an agency. So you can go to Alex if you have a company and you want to improve your social media presence. He also runs um, a, an app that's to do with uh, mental health, uh, and then. The other thing that Alex does, that actually is probably the simplest thing that he does, but I think the best thing that he does, is if you go onto the Strom Instagram and you click on our thing that's like Linktree but better, um, that is, I think, what's the fucking name of it, Alex? Tribe. 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 Um, really really cool kind of an interactive link tree type thing um, that doesn't take your customers away from the Instagram platform so it's better for your engagement as a business or even as a person um, so I would recommend that you check that out really easy to set up the reason I want to get Alex on today is uh, Alex is actually someone who has done the whole fitness journey thing he is um, uh, an af- a very athletic build fair to say yes yeah for sure slim slim athletic build and Alex has spent a small fortune on coaching and supplements and gym programs and and everything else you can possibly think of to try and make some progress in the gym. And we thought it'd be an interesting conversation to see where do you feel that that was a, a worthwhile investment. What were the things that you did that you think were, were very much worthwhile and useful, and what were the things that maybe you would have been better keeping your money in your pocket um, and just buying a big steak and some chips?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean. So I've been, like a bit of background, like, I've been um, on the fitness journey now, probably since I was 18, I'm now 29, so I've done like 11 year stint of trying to put on some weight and just for context, I'm 70 kilos and 6 foot 1 and a bit, so um, I'm not the most, I'm not the biggest guy around, I, I'm. You like I, you've probably yeah. eaten steaks that are heavier than me. Yeah exactly, very similar to a grasshopper, you've probably eaten meals or seen people eat meals that have as, as heavy as I am so um everything I've done to date to uh try and put on muscle and and build an aesthetic physique has been unsuccessful and I've done many things trying to get to this point as I'm sure you know most of them because we've had this conversation before but yeah um, luckily yeah. so far haven't done Psalms that's probably the only the only thing oh and obviously <laughs> PDs but um, the other yeah. Uh, aside from that, I've done probably everything you can you can imagine, including horny goat weed at one point. Yeah.
0: Oh really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Didn't didn't get horny though.
0: My my granddad used to say that. <laughs> no. Um, and it is it is a minefield. I think um, one of the biggest problems with myself and other people that are in similar positions as myself is is we make the mistake of assumed knowledge. Yeah. We assume that people know that buying horny goat weed isn't going to make you have more muscles. Um, we, we assume that people know that um, actually if you want to gain weight, you're going to struggle to do it eating what you might perceive as fitness food, i.e. just chicken and rice and vegetables. Mm. Um, and actually none of these things are, are assumed. The general public can be can be very out of the loop. And, and there are lots of people that are trying to take your money um, without necessarily giving you a huge amount in return. Yeah. For sure, for sure.
1: I think where if we go back to like eighteen year old me and where I started thinking I was going to put on muscle and how I was going to put on sizes,
0: I bought Maxi Muscle Cyclone. I bought Maxi Muscle Cyclone. It that's was like awful tasting.
1: Yeah, it wasn't great, but that's where it started. And I was like, I, I was probably a bit, a bit chubbier then, and I would have like two or three servings of that a day. And I was thinking, right, this is it. This is going to be the change. I'm going to get big. This is the um, one. This is a one. And then it progressed into more sort of um, off-the-cuff things like X-Factor. I can't remember what that was, but those
0: tablets. Acrodonic Acid. Acrodonic Acid by William Ruelan. Actually, that's a thing that I would like to see make a comeback. Um, Yeah. So it's it's not amazing, but its mechanism is amazing. Um, Its issue is that it's not very bioavailable, but I'd like to play around. If someone else does this, now, I'll be fucking furious. I'd like to play around with including it with some things to improve its bioavailability, maybe some astrogens and bioperine, and just test it out on different people. But acridonic acid is designed to um, effectively increase, um, increase muscular soreness, increase DOMS um, by increasing um, muscular damage, which will then increase the muscle-building response. You know, we talk about things like curcumin uh, reduce inflammation, so your body then doesn't see as much muscular damage and you don't necessarily recover as you don't, you don't activate mTOR as, as much. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't build as much muscle. Um, there is an idea that, that effectively doing the flip side. So a pro-inflammatory like acrodonic acid, um, could increase muscle protein synthesis by increasing, um, signaling around inflammation. Interesting. Um, so it's a really cool idea. Um, but, me and Tariq played around with it a few years ago and it just gives you the most incredible DOMs if you get it right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, for me it seemed to damage my muscles and not build them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you you have I think, <laughs> chronically under eaten over the last few years. I have, and I still do to this day, actually. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, something so, that I think so a lot of people, a lot of people are trying to gain weight really struggle with.
1: Like I've, so I've always been a slight guy. I've always been slim. I would probably be referred to in like your world or, or maybe the bodybuilding world as like skinny fat. You know, people, people use that term a lot. And, and when I was younger, well, not anymore. I know, I know. I Yeah. That, again, from chronically under eating, probably that that's the reason I'm so lean, but, um, yeah, yeah I was, uh, I was in, I, w- I was in worse, like worse shape, quite a bit chubby. And, um, and from there i was kind of like right how do i gain size and i wish that i'd spent the last 10 years in a in a um what's what's probably your surplus. Of deficit surplus. surplus
0: surplus yeah because because dieting is actually quite simple it's not necessarily mm. easy but it's it's a simple process i do think that starting point and and we will have um customers and followers that that are at this point that starting point of skinny fat is probably one of the trickiest to manage um because if someone is skinny fat and they choose to diet, you can end up just looking skeletal. Mm. Um, and if you're skinny fat and you choose to try and focus on gaining muscle, um, there is a danger that you don't gain a huge amount of muscle um, and you just get fatter. Yeah. Um, the best approach to that is is trying to do the kind of recomp thing. Um, where you you train really hard and eat well and uh, at a round maintenance and gain a little bit of muscle and lose a little bit of poppy fat, but actually it 's a very very fine balance to get you know it's it 's very much sitting on a on a on a teeter top of of getting the balance just right, and if you go too far one way or the other, you can kind of spin your wheels and not get anywhere mm.
1: that's interesting i think i think um again like on the topic of assumed knowledge, like knowing how to find your maintenance and knowing how to increase your calories or decrease them rather than just going, right, I'm, I am I want to get as big as a bodybuilder, they eat 3,500 calories, so I'm going to eat 3,500 calories. That's kind of the, the mindset I was in originally, and, and as a result, I would put on a lot of fat suddenly and be like, right, well, I've got a diet now because I'm so fat and I haven't put in any, any muscle, and then I'd be in that cycle perpetually for like the last 10 years.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm sure people can relate to that from your world. Of- Absolutely. So to spin that on to a, a positive, what are the things that you have spent money on that weren't shit, other than all the things you have bought from Strom?
1: So, um, yeah, well, I've been doing that now for a few years. Uh, the, the things I've spent money on that's good, I'll start I'll start on on bad. I'll just tick off the rest of the stuff that I've done that's bad. Just Just like all these weird niche supplements that you see people use and you think, right, this is going to do it. But when really eating in a calorie surplus progressively and continually adding, and then also progressing your lifts should be key to that. Um, uh, So what I've spent money on that's good is I've had some really good coaches, um, probably like punching above my weight in terms of the coaches that I signed. There was one time when I was trying to put on some size um, for a particular job um, with a TV show that, so, so, I went for the top dog. I went for the muscle mentors, and I had a really good experience with them. Learned a lot from them. Haven't put it into practice, so still, as you know, because I'm still lean, 70 kilos. Um, Christian Chapman, strong, strong uh, athlete. I've I've had him as a coach. He was amazing. He was like yeah. way more sort of Gen Pop relevant than um, than like the muscle mentors was, and that was really helpful because he's basically like. Look, we're gonna. You're gonna get a bit fat, but you're also gonna put on a load of muscle. Yeah. and he helped you very much with the psychology of it. which has been skinny fat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and without, I, I up, do
0: think it's important. Not always, not always, but I do think it's important to find a coach who has experienced where you're at or where you want to be. Um, now, that's not always the case. There are some people that that can do really well, but I wouldn't go to Christian for it to be a powerlifter. Mm um I definitely would go to him if I wanted to lose weight I definitely consider going to him if I wanted to to get very very lean I definitely consider going to him if I wanted to gain gain muscle but it it's, it's appropriate skills to where their what their experience is it, generally generally I'm sure there are very very knowledgeable people out there that can coach you things that they've mm. never done um but I don't the best starting point for most
1: yeah what's what's your thoughts on and this is going off topic a bit but like as, as the fitness industry as a whole uh, it frustrates me sometimes when I see people, and this is a bit controversial, when I see people offering a service when they clearly haven't walked the walk. Like, I'm not sure what, what the what your thoughts are on that. But
0: it, it's difficult. Um, I have I've coached people to a very, very good level. Um, I've I've had several people get um, get pro cards in various federations. Never an IFBB pro card, and uh, I've competed once, and I wasn't very good. Um, Tom Haynes has competed a few times and wasn't very good, and Tom Hames will tell you that. Um, but he's one of the best coaches in the country. So it can happen. Um, I'm not saying that I'm one of the best coaches in the country. I just, if people are willing to be bloody minded about stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm able to get them there. I won't hold their hand in the process. Um, I think that is the exception. I think Tom Hames is an example of something that's quite a rarity. Um, but then when you look at the top level of bodybuilding, you've got guys like Chris Cicito, um who... Are incredible coaches they weren't they were never going to win the olympia as a bodybuilder but then their clients regularly do um mm. i think when we look at that we're looking at outliers though the vast majority of people that we see and the thing that you're going to be talking about that we all know are idiots that have competed in the local show not even placed and suddenly they're a prep coach um and i think just because you can get yourself skinny or you can take a load of steroids and get yourself big doesn't necessarily put you in a position of knowledge where you should be teaching other people how to do that particularly because where i have a real issue with it is a lot of these guys will start to advertise that they can offer support for people's mental health um they Mm. can offer support with eating disorders stuff like that and it's just bollocks um those are things that that medical professionals or trained professionals that have dealt with it for years should be dealing with not something that you can go well i look really good with my clothes off so i can probably help you with your depression
1: 100 percent. yeah no like i completely agree and i think obviously So I've, over the last sort of six years, I started my career at uni lad and i built like a following online, um, over the last six years. And when I upload like a fitness thing, people message me like, oh, can you coach me? And I go, right. No, I can't because I have no experience, but I could easily go, yeah, it's 50 quid a month and earn money from it. But obviously I've no, uh, and and I could say, right, I've done a couple of years with Christian. I've done them through the basics. Yeah. And I could say... I've,
0: yeah, because the basics aren't that complicated.
1: No, you're right, you're right. And and then, then you look at me and you go, as you know, we did my bloods recently, and you go, Alex, because of how chronically you've under-eaten, you've actually crashed all your hormones and you're in a bad position, and that's affecting your mental health and your sexual health and all of those things. And I could easily put that onto a, onto a general population person who has no idea and never gets their bloods done. And then they get lean
0: and suddenly they're suffering yeah. with all these things. You know, that's something we hadn't actually discussed. You just said, oh, you know, we've done your blood work and you go, well, you're, you crash your testosterone, um, which which is is fair. I think it is fair to assume that your testosterone levels are a direct reflection of how restrictive your diet has been and how hard you've trained.
1: What's interesting is is kind of doing a bit of blood work, understanding your the impact that hormones have and even just as a general population person and this is why you guys in the blood lab have been so so helpful because people in my position would think would look at Strom and go right a lot of those people are assisted maybe they the only reason you'd get your blood work done is for those people for those assisted athletes and that's why that's why i wouldn't get mine done but to me it's been really helpful to understand there can be many causations to to why you may feel a certain way and including the fact that i eat Two thousand calories and train probably as hard as most people in your world, and then r- wonder why I'm feeling shit. You know, and so it's been really helpful to have you guys on board for that. Yeah. But yeah, so if, if you if you are if you eat in a in a in a big deficit and train and overtrain, you can put yourself in some pretty dodgy situations,
0: which I found out recently firsthand. Absolutely, and that again, one of those things where if you are a you're a person who's competed at a low level, um, you might not consider because actually if someone is assisted, if someone's injecting even just 250 milligrams of testosterone a week, no amount of under-eating is going to give them low testosterone. So they can push themselves really, really hard without a period off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly in terms of their testosterone levels, nothing bad's going to happen. The same might not be true of um, a gen pop person who just wants to get in shape? You might not be able to push them that hard, and, and these are all considerations that that people like Cal and 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 Christian and so on will will know, and that actually someone who someone who has less experience might not know. Hundred percent,
1: and and it's something that I've. I mean, that's me coaching myself. Just to be clear, I don't. I haven't got a coach at the moment, so this period of under eating and over training has been my interpretation of what's right for me and and including like I did stuff and you'll probably rip me to shreds here. Intermittent and fasting I did at one point.
0: Yeah, gay. Yeah. <laughs> um but but then but then from the perspective of um social media, from the perspective of, of the outside looking in, they would look at you and go, Oh, Alex is in the best shape he's he's ever been. He's really, really lean at the moment and he's done that all on his own. And he has. And you have got really lean and, and it's it, you know, fair play. It will have been I've no doubt quite hard. Um, but that doesn't give you the whole picture. No, exactly. And then, but then there's a flip side to that social media
1: engagement and, and kind of um, analysis from people, which is when I had my heart thing recently, which I know you've experienced as well, something similar. Um, I, yeah. I collapsed randomly after having COVID, and everyone's like, ah, oh, you've you've overtrained, you've been doing, you're too yeah. fit. You've been working too hard. You're not supposed to be running 5K with a weight vest. And I'm like, well, I've never felt this good fitness wise. Um,
0: yeah. But, and, it, and luckily it's it, nothing to do with that. It's interesting you say that actually. I used to work for Sky TV. I was one of those annoying dicks in a shopping center trying to sell you Sky. And um, I I came down with, um, it turned out to be salmonella, food poisoning, I was, I was quite ill for a couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, my manager quite aggressively was a brummy, big fat brummy bloke. If he's listening to this, fuck you, buddy. Um, he, he quite aggressively asserted to me that the reason I was ill was because I ate all that, all that healthy shit. Um, I'd actually got ill because I'd had a Chinese, um, but because I used to come with my tubs of chicken and rice. And at the time I was probably in some of the best shape of my life. And I assume because he was very overweight, he, he found that, to be something that annoyed him. Um, and uh, and it was something he brought up in a... You know, you've made yourself ill. You're off work for two weeks. you made yourself ill because of all this all this uh, bodybuilder food you eat. Um, you know, if that continues to affect your work, then we'll have to have a more serious conversation about that. I had fucking food poisoning. God. From a yes. Chinese. That is now closed yeah. because they kept giving people food poisoning.
1: Well, it's, it is weird. Um, like, I, 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 I completely agree with you. I think it's weird how people... And it's become more prevalent recently, but how people can just like assume stuff they have no knowledge of. Like no one knows my my medical history online. No one knows it. But they assume when I upload a picture of me in in an ambulance that it's because I've done, I've overtrained or whatever. But um, one thing I was going to, I was going to like chat to you about is whilst we're on the topic of like supplements and products and stuff. Um, if, if I look at your range and I look at the strong range and I think what part, what products would you recommend for somebody like me, just like a general population person and what products should I be like thinking, right, maybe I need to just improve my eating and stuff. Cause I feel like a lot of brands push products onto everyone and you've been very open and honest about what products are uh, formulated for certain health benefits and certain things. Yeah,
0: Absolutely absolutely i think i think pretty much everybody on the planet would benefit from support max neuro or if on a budget ashwagandha um and then i actually think support max joint is something that will benefit basically everybody because um long term that can be incredibly powerful in you know i i believe in the prevention of of things like arthritis in later life so support max neuro and support max joint those two i would probably i would probably like to see in in every single person um and then beyond that, it's really situational. But, you know, if you're a general population person that just wants to be fitter, um, it, it's probably worth taking a creatine product. And then it's probably worth, certainly in the early stages, saving your money across the rest of the range and just training hard and eating well and, and seeing how you go.
1: Yeah, but what, what what's your thoughts on things like cream of rice and like st- stuff like that? So we
0: sell cream of rice. I obviously make money from cream of rice. I don't want to... Slate cream of rice, because it, it's a good product. I do question its popularity, because I'm not a fan of the texture. I just like oats, and you can buy oats in Tesco. Yeah. Um, cream of rice, by my understanding, um, certainly, and, and it's something I want to discuss with Mark when we get him on the podcast in more depth, um, From Mark from Cardiff Sports Nutrition. Um, for those of you who don't know, they were the first UK guys to make cream of rice really popular. Um, and I, in my opinion, they still make the best. The whole point of cream of rice... 10, 15 years ago was for the guys in their off-season that wanted to get in lots of lots of carbs without huge amounts of fiber um, and were running insulin because it has less fat than oats and the, the, the thinking at the time was that um, if you were running insulin you needed to consume as little fat as possible with insulin being a, a signaling transport hormone and um, we didn't want to shuttle that fat into into storage so you would eat a very, very low-fat diet low-fiber diet, lots and lots of carbohydrates lots of protein and, and insulin and you would get Mahusif that was the point of cream of rice. It's mm. now become this like one size fits all, cover all diet food that people have found ways to volumize and to make it very filling. And um, I don't entirely get it, but if people like it, then it's a convenient, easy way of making a meal. Um, I, there, there's no problem with it, but I think what's super important to get across, particularly to the general public, is that it's just food. You know, nutritionally, if you have a bowl of cream of rice. Nutritionally, that's no different to having any other rice-based... It's no different to having Rice Krispies. Um, except, <laughs> I guess, you would make... If you make Rice Krispies... Because everyone makes a cream of rice with whey, right? So, if you make Rice yeah. Krispies with whey, that's the, nutritionally the same. Except Rice Krispies would be looked down on by fitness people, I suspect.
1: Rice Krispies are banging as well. I love Rice Krispies. Like, I was just going to say as well, it's, it's interesting... So I use support max neuro. I use support max. Well, you know what I use, but I for the for the purpose of the podcast, I use support max neuro. So that's um in in my opinion, something that really helps me with dealing with stress and sort of relaxing in an evening. And I'm I'm somebody that probably has um periphery ADHD symptoms in terms of my how how active and my brain is and how I struggle
0: to pay attention to one thing at once for those who who don't know I guess we should have covered this right at the start I'll do an introduction for you at the end and you can splice it back in because I like to make you as much work as possible um, Alex isn't actually a cross dresser for a job um, Alex runs um, <laughs> social media promotion companies um what what's what's the what's the term what's the the proper term for for that um an agency. Yeah, an agency. So you can go to Alex if you have a company and you want to improve your social media presence. He also runs um, a, an app that's to do with uh, mental health. Um, is the clothing thing still going?
1: Yeah, yes. Well, uh, it's been sort of transitioned into the app um, currently. But yeah, it, it's um, basically a, a personalised mental wellbeing application that that kind of utilises your data to give you a a mental well-being schedule. Not mental health,
0: mental well-being, because I'm not a doctor. And then the other thing that Alex does, that actually is probably the simplest thing that he does, but I think the best thing that he does, is if you go onto the Strom Instagram and you click on our thing that's like Linktree but better, um, that is, I think, what's the fucking name of it, Alex? Tribe. Um, Tribe. Um, Really, really cool, kind of an interactive Linktree type thing. Um, that doesn't take your customers away from the Instagram platform, so it's better for your engagement as a business or even as a person. Um, So I would recommend that you check that out. Really easy to set up. Um, So Alex has got lots and lots of things going on all of the time, was the point of me mentioning that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So obviously my day job, which is helping people and businesses build social media channels, is very, it's like almost 24 hours, like people don't, and you'll know this as well from your world, people don't, give you, they don't only contact you during work hours and I'm sure, I hear your phone go off all the time so I'm sure that
0: you uh, get many people asking all sorts of things all day long. But you know what, I get it because nine to five people are at work so people reach out Mm. to me on social media when they're at home, when they've come back from the gym, when they're getting their meal prepped and that kind of thing. So I get it and I try not to ever be annoyed by that because it makes sense because in the day they're at work, and and the great thing about social media is that it does allow people to connect at any time of the day. And if that's something that you have an issue with, you can turn your phone off. You know, I don't know why people complain about something that they can opt out of by just switching that's it true. off. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I, I think as a so I've done some
1: stuff with the general public before. As a brand like yourself, how do you deal with the customer service piece? Do you do that yourself
0: or? So, um, if you email with, with an issue, um, I just forward it on to Evelina and uh, she deals with it. Uh, or I email it onto APC. Um, when people reach out on social media, if it's questions about products, how do I use this? What's the best way of doing that? I do try and answer every single one of those personally. Sometimes it's difficult um what we will get that is a little bit frustrating and it's normally a sunday afternoon is you'll get someone message you at like eight o'clock on a sunday um hi mate uh my parcel was supposed to be delivered on saturday but it's not here can you look into this like well not really it's sunday night and the couriers aren't there but if you just call the courier first thing monday morning they'll sort it for you
1: what would your advice be for me right now so you so just, I mean, the podcast knows, but I am 70 kilos in a massive deficit.
0: I'm probably the leanest I've ever been in my life. My first, my first question, and it might sound like a little bit of a soft question for me. Um, what's your relationship with food like?
1: Uh, it's probably, it's, it's improving, but it's not been the best traditionally. Like I've always been nervous around eating like carbs. I've I'm, I've looked at my diet recently and it's
0: just like, there's basically zero fat in it. Um, which is weird yeah um but so if if you were if you were someone who had no issues around food whatsoever and, and i do ask because look i i had an issue with bulimia for a couple of years um on and off i've been very restrictive so i'm not i'm not invulnerable to these issues much as i try and be all alpha male about it um if you were someone who had a completely healthy relationship with food i would try and say to just relax and eat a little bit of junk you know Grab a cheeseburger on the way back from the gym. Have a pizza on a on a Thursday night. You know, go out for a roast dinner, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think that's particularly helpful to someone who maybe is a little bit nervous about gaining unnecessary weight and and that kind of thing. So I would try to incorporate some saturated fats into your diet. Um, saturated fats are going to be helpful towards the production of testosterone, and I think they also have a an effect on well being. Um, so you know, get some bacon sandwiches into you. Have some fried eggs um i would try and include as much variety as 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 is humanly possible into your diet something i've done with a lot of people in the past is what i call um uh, isocaloric diet so a third of your calories roughly from protein a third of your calories roughly from carbs and a third of your calories roughly from fat um that leads to some really really nice food combinations everything in that um in that in that spectrum is is very tasty um, and I think that supports kind of well being in, in the most optimal way. I don't think it's necessarily the best diet for for bodybuilding. It's not the best diet for for dieting, but it's definitely the best diet for balance. And and by a third of your calories from each food macro, I don't mean a hundred grams of carbs, a hundred grams of protein and a hundred grams of fat. I would mean a hundred grams of carbs, a hundred grams of protein and fifty grams of fat. Yeah. Um if you were more gen pop, I would reduce that protein a little bit and increase your carbs so you might go 20 or 25% protein um 40 to 50% carbs and and 25% fat but certainly i'd want to see fat make up a good portion of that diet um with as much variety as possible and and a variety of fat sources as well not just salmon and avocado and olive oil sure i mean
1: just to put into perspective like how kind of bad it got for me like i i t- I don't even, if you're saying like, have some fried eggs with some saturated fat, like, yeah, that's cool. But I use one calorie spray. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, (laughs) so, um, yeah, it, that's really interesting. And I think in terms of if I could give, and, and I'm not one to be in a position to give advice, but what I've learned over the last 10 years and not being any heavier or any probably more muscular than I was then and I, the fact that I've sacrificed a lot to train every day would be just to like, if you're going to do something, stick to it for a while and don't be disheartened by any changes that you may perceive as negative. Because at the end of the day, no one actually gives a fuck whether you look a bit chubbier. But if you're feeling, if you've got a goal and you want to get there, it's just part of the journey. Do you know what I mean? Like no no one actually cares what I look like. But for some reason, I've put a huge, no one amount, gives a of, fuck. Yeah, huge amount of emphasis on that. So No one gives a
0: fuck. <laughs> People might be a bit judgy on social media, um, but absolutely fuck those people because they're not actually people in your real life. Like your mum or your missus doesn't doesn't care in the slightest. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. That consistency is, is, is the thing that people really struggle with. And you'll quite often see people on social media quote this whole doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of madness. I think in bodybuilding, actually doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is is the key. You speak to someone like Josh Mayday, you speak to someone like Matt Tofton, um, you have to get good at doing the same thing over and over again because it might feel like you're getting the same result, but actually incrementally, very, very slowly, almost imperceptibly, you'll be moving forward. Um,
1: yeah, no. You know, changing program
0: every month, changing diet every every few weeks, whatever, is, 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 is so unproductive. Um, and, and the thing is, even if you do start to get results if you've changed program two weeks ago, you don't know if you've got, it just becomes very difficult to know what's what's benefiting you and what isn't.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the benefits, well, that is the benefit of having a coach is that they'll keep you on that for, for a duration of time. They'll keep you on a certain thing for a duration of time. For someone like me, I've always gone like, right, I'm going to, this week, I'm going to do squats. Next week, I'm going to do hack. The week after, I'm going to do leg press. And I don't actually ever progress any of my, lifts um except for recently done calisthenic stuff but yeah and 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 then i'm like why aren't i getting stronger and it's like well you haven't actually done anything for a long period of time
0: yeah i mean on the subject of um coaches a lot of general public people ask me you know why would they need a coach uh, or is a coach beneficial and the answer is normally in terms of knowing what you need to do probably not because you know what you need to do you need to eat well and train hard and if you want to gain weight you need to eat more of the good stuff um where i think a coach comes in really useful is for that accountability um and an account and and if you want a coach for accountability their ability to communicate and keep in the loop with you is probably more important than their knowledge as um as a physiologist as a as a biomechanics as a as a nutritionist no i agree i agree and somebody to be
1: like al if you want to go for a pizza just go for a pizza yeah because I am very. I can't. If I ask myself that question, can I go for a pizza? My answer will be no.
0: Yeah, but you had. But a I need someone the day. to say yes. You know, pizza the day and it was good.
1: I did and it was banging. Yeah, and I did the. I did my heaviest squat. I hit a hundred hundred kg squat, which is never. not something I've ever achieved. Domino's or Papa John's? Oh, so I get Dominoes because if I got Papa John's, I think my missus wouldn't. Want one. So I'm, I've am i been strong-armed into a Domino's. But I'm actually a Pizza Hut guy. Well, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your flavour?
0: That's your, why you're small. What's,
1: <laughs> what's your choice?
0: Um. So if it, it, Domino's is consistently good, I don't think I've ever had a Domino's that was bad. However, if Papa John's get it right, it is top tier. Okay, nice, nice. What, what's your what's your flavour? Uh, the cheeseburger pizza, of course,
1: from Papa John's.
0: Oh no, um, no cheeseburger pizza from um, Domino's. Domino's, Domino's, yeah. Uh, Papa John. Right. I tend to just go Hawaiian. Okay.
1: Well, you both of those choices you've gone down in my estimations, but I'll let you off.
0: On what basis? Just like cheeseburger pizza, man. Have a cheeseburger. Have you tried the cheeseburger pizza? I haven't. I haven't. It's effectively just a meat pizza with burger sauce on, and burger sauce makes everything.
1: (laughs) Fair play. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, um, I digress. I digress on the pizza chat. I think, um, yeah, I think the key is don't like if you're gonna if you're gonna get into this world of like sort of trying to achieve a certain physique that you're not competing in bodybuilding and you're not a um a bodybuilder or or a strong man or anything like that just be just live life you know don't don't spend 10 years working on something bodybuilder does if you're not going to be a bodybuilder exactly and don't Um, don't let it impact your life you know like your the way you live life because it's too short as i recently found out when i was in a a heart ward with 85 year old men
0: yeah well you know it's been an interesting year for all of us um and for those again those of you who don't know um alex well i think you covered it you you had a you had a post covid related collapse um that was was heart related and I, I think i'm right in saying that they decided that was covid related is that correct
1: yeah yeah currently they still don't know but
0: yeah i mean that's that's what they kind of decided Money is and i assume at this point you'll get people going oh well he should have been vaccinated alex was vaccinated let's not get controversial um
1: three times as well yeah. and it was funny i'm not not getting controversial but it's funny that the the one of the nurses goes uh have you had your vaccinations i'm like yeah and she goes oh well, that could be it and i was like oh thanks well you told me to get them yeah so. i do cheers yeah. for that
0: no i think uh i think in the coming years i don't have i don't have a side of the fence that i sit on particularly having had my own long-term covid heart related issue and being unvaccinated um i don't have a side of the fence that i sit on i think that um just in the future, it there will be things that come out that are interesting.
1: Yeah, she, they were saying, actually, that's quite interesting, that in the last um, two years since the beginning of COVID, so they don't know whether it's COVID or vaccine-related, but there's been more retirements yeah. from football due to heart attacks than there ever has been in history. Well,
0: the, the, the doctor I dealt with in Birmingham, if you ever have a heart-related problem, he's fantastic, Dr Mario Lencioni, Um, He was saying that the particular issue that I've developed, um, he normally sees one or two people a year with it. He's seen, I think it was 30 people in the last year with it, half of which were were vaccinated, half of which were people who had had COVID. So I don't think there is a, a right side to be on on that particular one. Just that if COVID had never been a thing, there would have been a lot less heart problems.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, yeah, we've both seen that. You know yeah. those issues firsthand from different sides of things so um and yeah, the problem is is that they're absolutely
0: desperate people have been absolutely desperate for me to have my problem to have been caused by vaccination and that blows my mind the amount of people that have have wanted me to have been vaccinated so they could point their finger at the vaccine for my heart problem
1: yeah and i just i mean i'm not Again, I'm no expert. I just did what I felt was right. And I think as long as everyone does that, then everyone else can fuck off. You know what I mean? If you do what, what you feel is best. But uh, there
0: is there is no way of knowing. There is no way of knowing. It could be that if you'd caught COVID and you hadn't been vaccinated, that you'd have no problem at all. It could be then that if you caught COVID and you'd not been vaccinated, that your heart problem could have been five times worse. Yeah. There is no way to know. Yeah. One thing that was interesting,
1: though, is that as a... This is i mean, it's quite interesting. You've probably had spoken to so many people that have had enlarged hearts due to, to steroid use or whatever, but as a lifetime natty person, to be told that my heart was above normal the upper end of normal size. So it's actually super physiological sized heart, um at seventy kilos, six foot one,
0: was very interesting. But that is that is consistent across all sports, you know, you tour de France riders. Uh, your Olympic athletes, it is consistent and it's not, we'll get Dr. Chris on to talk about this in in more depth, but it's not a problem um, until you develop another problem. Like an enlarged heart of its own isn't, isn't an issue.
1: Oh, okay. That's good to know. Because they, they kind of freaked out a bit at the hospital. They're like, oh, your heart. And also, which is so funny as well, the lady was like, do you take any supplements? And I said creatine. And she was like, like shocked by my creatine <laughs> consumption. <laughs> I was like sure we've got past this now.
0: No, 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 we haven't, no, not not in the NHS. Um Yeah, no, it's um there was a there was a GP locally that um told a parent that um that protein shakes can cause diabetes. Like Unfortunately we're still not in a great place on that side of things.
1: Yeah, bloody hell. Fair play. Fair play um so do you is there anything else you wanted to talk about or do you want to wrap this up
0: uh we can wrap it up. we'll probably edit this down into into less of us talking bollocks um yeah for sure but um but no i just think it's it's difficult obviously you're going to edit this out um or you you, you might choose not to um i know there are people and things that you've spent money on in the past that you might have preferred not to that you probably don't want to say because it could cause arguments and 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 hurt people's feelings, um, but it is a fucking minefield, uh, particularly if you're coming into this industry brand new without knowing anyone within it. You could very easily uh, be parted from lots and lots of money for very little in return, and I think that's a shame because the industry, in the good parts, can be hugely positive. I think I think people like to, and this is why I find you refreshing. People like to
1: overcomplicate everything and look for shortcuts where they can. And unfortunately, a lot of the money I've spent, and I still do to this day, on um, an attempt to achieve a certain look or physique or fitness is based on an overcomplication of something that is actually very simple. And that's kind of the realisation I've come to recently with speaking to you is that um, to achieve a larger physique, I need to just eat more and train harder. And to achieve a less... Um, large physique and, and lose fat. I need to eat less and train harder. Um, and that's that's what it seems to have come down to. After probably spending 10k over the last 10 years on trying to yeah. overcomplicate it.
0: And actually, when you very first went to the gym, if someone had asked you to explain the processes, you probably wouldn't have been too far off the mark of what you've just said. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's like a it's like a big circle that I've come in. Uh, ironically, and and that's from working with the best bodybuilding coaches in the industry all the way through to coaches that are probably actually really shit and spending money on supplements that have probably helped and supplements that are also really shit. Um, so yeah, so now I'm going to embark on a new journey of eating more and, um, trying to be as healthy as I possibly can. But yeah, thanks for your time today, Matt. It's been great. Uh,
0: and if in, in two months you, um, you start to complain about being fat, are we allowed to tell you to shush?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you don't see me fat in two months, I've done something
0: wrong. Yeah, good. Optimal. Um, I will (laughs) sign off at that, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you so much for editing the Strongcast for the last two years. You've done a fantastic job. Um, If you are interested in picking up Alex's services for uh, social media marketing, you can get at him on Instagram. He's got a blue tick. That's how you know he's a big deal. Um, And if you want one of the link boxes like I've got in the Strong bio. Um, I think it's quite straightforward. You just go to their Instagram page, follow the link and, and get that set up. I think there's even a link to it on our link. So a link within a link, just like Inception.
1: Yeah, please do that. If you do need a link in your bio, definitely use Try because then it makes me look good and I might actually still have a job next year. So that'd be nice.
0: And it's it's a genuinely good bit of thing. It's not even me plugging something for no reason. Uh, if I had no idea who Alex was, I, I would still recommend it. It's It's a really, really good thing. Just go on our... Go on our bio, click on the link, you'll see exactly what I mean. If you run any kind of business, you would be mad not to have one. I really do mean that.
1: Legends. Okay, man. Well, have a great day. It was nice speaking to you.
0: Yeah, you too. I'll see you soon.